What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, sponsored by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today we have Dustin Diefenderfer with um, Mountain Tough. We're going to talk about fitness and just things on the mountain. And uh, yeah, thanks for hopping on, man. You bet. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super oh, yeah. excited. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, heck yeah. I've been using your guys' programs for, gosh, it was like since you, when you first came out with it, you let Rockslide test it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was way back in like 2017. So it's mm-hmm. been great. Yeah, it was. And from then you guys, you just started with the preseason program then, right? Was it the preseason and the postseason? Uh, the very first year we came out with our programming online, there was one full year where it was just preseason. And then in like 2018, we had preseason and postseason training for the backcountry hunter. Yeah. And now there's like six programs probably. Yeah. Now there's like nine, nine programs. Oh, geez. So there's the, there's all of the gym training for a backcountry hunter. So now they can train with mountain tough 12 months out of the year, Monday through Friday. And so we took the strategy of training them based on the season. And so there's preseason training and then a lot of hunters go into hunting season and the strategy has to change a little bit because they'll be on so many trips. And then also during hunting season, you're trying to manage where you're not really sore on the days you're gonna be hunting. So we have the in-season program now for uh, basically like September, October, November. And then our uh, the Mount Tough athletes go into postseason training in the winter. And postseason training is uh, built around the strategy of after hunting season, backcountry hunters are tired, a little banged up, um, have lost some muscle. So it's kind of this rebuild season through the winter. And then we do spring training camp, which gets everyone ready for the cardio again for that summer season. Yeah. Awesome. And then there's like the 30, 30 and the 45, 70, which is like more body workouts or somebody, no equipment workouts, I should say. Yeah. There's such a demand for, there's just so much interest now for individuals to not want to train at the gym and training at home with no or limited equipment. So we have the 30, 30, which is all body weight programming. So our athletes just need a pull-up bar for those programs. And then right when COVID hit and everyone went on lockdown, uh, we worked with the military team to create a program that only uses their rucksack. And so for the hunter, it was perfect because everyone has their hunting pack already. So we have the 4570, which is uh, nine weeks of training just with your hunting pack. Yeah, that seems like the perfect one to start people out with, in my mind, if yeah. you don't have a gym. Yeah, I love that one because for me to train at home, uh, body weight only gets a little bit monotonous. I think having just that one extra piece of gear, but being your pack is so cool. And then you can scale the pack weight up and down with different size sandbags, which is 
really awesome. And then just the science behind like exercise science that adding some load is the only way to build muscle. So body weight workouts are great for maintaining and kind of getting someone in shape, but to really add strength, they need something that creates a load so that the heavy pack workouts are, are my favorite. Um, if I'm stuck at home for sure. Nice. Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan of those. Um, so could you just give like a, a larger overview of physical exertion in the backcountry? And I think, um, people, it's like you, it seems like they want to over prepare for it, but then they under prepare for it. Cause maybe all they do is run or something like that. Could you yeah. give like an overview of, of just like physical exertion in the mountains and how to be better prepared for it? Yeah, for sure. So when we started, when we started Mountain Tough, we started off this idea. The analogy I always use is in the NFL, like an NFL coach, physical fitness coach is going to train an offensive lineman, very specific for that offensive lineman's job. And then that same NFL coach is going to train the wide receiver very differently than he would train the offensive lineman. And so in 2016, we had not seen anyone take that like level of specialization to the backcountry hunter. And so the first thing we did was kind of break down the science of what a backcountry hunter needs and then start training them specifically for that mission. So one of the huge uh, differentiators is like mission specific training versus just training. And so when we look at the backcountry hunter, the athlete demands are very unique. So no athlete has those exact same demands. Like even the military athlete is slightly different. And obviously like the sports athlete is a lot different. And so the exertion of a backcountry hunter, when we broke it down is pretty cool because the backcountry hunter needs to be able to be in rugged terrain at high elevation uh, for multiple days under heavy load. And then they need the ability to mentally handle um, setbacks and the weather. So that makes that uh, backcountry athlete really, really unique in terms of the mission and, and the exertion they're going to face and how to train that athlete. And the like the military teams were the closest that we had worked with. And so if you think about like a special operator, a special operator is going to um, be under heavy load with their kit and their pack, and they're going to usually go in on foot for a mission, but they're usually going to be extracted with a helicopter. And so even that athlete is different than a backcountry hunter because a backcountry hunter is going to go in a little bit light and then they're going to come out um, extremely heavy. And then the day requirements are quite a bit different. And that's one of the things that we see over and over again if if a backcountry hunter isn't truly prepared for the exertion they're gonna face uh, you'll usually see them bonk on day two or three not on day one and so it's preparing your body for that multiple days which is a, a huge factor as well mm -hmm. yeah one thing uh, i just 
kind of randomly thought about was what is, what are your guys' thoughts on when you're rucking and you're just training with your pack? Um, those heavy weights, like getting up, I don't know. What's the max weight that you recommend to, to train with? Um, for the pack or for like gym weights? For the pack. For the pack. So um, like our 4570 program, the pack weights will go from 45 up to like 80 pounds. And so um, 80, 80 pounds is usually the heaviest we recommend for like training out athletes outdoors on like road marches and rucksack workouts. So um, like all of our programs have a periodization for the rucking. And so like preseason or postseason strength, you'll see rucking every other Friday. And so you would ruck uh, two miles and then four miles and then six miles and then eight miles, 10 miles and 12 miles. So we're getting the body used to that mileage and the load. And as the mileage goes up, you'll see the weight go up as well from like 40 pounds, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, 70 pounds, 80 pounds, getting like getting the athlete's body used to that increased load. You, you will see some communities um, like the hotshot community in the firefighter community. They'll do a lot of um, like rookie testing and um, selection using like a hundred pound packs. I think, you know, some of that stuff is super cool and super fun to play around with. Um, but it's also, it's also a little bit sketchy to recommend that to just like the general athlete population without being there to watch them mm -hmm. just because you're not quite sure if they're prepared for that or not. So our recommendation is always um, you can get up to those heavier loads in your training. Um, you're just not going to want to do it on day one. You're going to kind of want to work up to it. Gotcha. Yeah. I like that. Um, so you guys have a, a workout called the deadfall workout. And I thought that that was super cool because that is something that you don't usually do all the time. So yeah. you guys like took that, action in the field and then converted it into like a workout and yeah. um yeah i think that's super cool can you talk about that a little bit yeah so that one was so fun for us because it's kind of um breaking down that specialization even mm -hmm. further and so to break down that specialization of the backcountry hunter to almost like that next level one of the major pain points for a newer hunter or even an experienced hunter is when you get into those super nasty deadfall situations. And so we call it the wicker basket. Like if you're on an elk hunt and you get stuck in a wicker basket, it's like the worst thing ever because you might spend an entire day just getting over log after log after log after log. And it creates some interesting issues from a sports science background where you have to have a lot of hip mobility to get over all of those logs. And so you'll, you'll usually see like your hip flexors are just smoked out because you've had to lift your leg so many times that day to get over all that deadfall. And so we wanted to create a workout specifically around that because it is such a common problem where 
uh, most backcountry elk hunters are going to run into deadfall and most hunters know it's really going to suck, especially if you're in there for a long time. So we built the deadfall workout around getting the hunter ready for that situation. And so it's a lot of, um, it's a, it's really focused on hip flexor strength and hip mobility. And so the workout uses um, a Versa climber, which not every gym or home gym has, but the Versa climber is all hip flexors because your legs have to go straight up and straight down. So it kind of replicates that movement of lifting your leg over and over and over logs. And then um, there's also a lot of hip flexor um, strengthening after the athlete comes off the Versa climber where they're going to do like spider crawls and some lateral lunges. And so the whole, the whole program is designed around having um, a ton of mobility in your hips. So they're not too tight because you'll see an athlete that's too tight that has a hard time getting their foot over a log. And usually if they're having a hard time getting their foot over a log, it's a mobility issue. And then if they're getting just really tired log after log after log, then that is a, like a hip flexor strength and muscle endurance issue. So the deadfall workout kind of attacks both of those problems. That's super cool. And then I know that some guys like that you guys worked with talked about, you know, when you're side healing, for a long time and you, they haven't prepared for that or they didn't know how to prepare for that. Um, and then you guys address that and just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. The side, the side healing is funny cause we were going to do, we actually were going to do a shirt one day that says more side hill, please. <laughs> just because like side healing it, is one thing that you just never train for in the gym typically. And so, so many hunters have experienced where they'll go out on their first hunt and, um, sorry, did I lose you for a second? No, just for a second, but I got you. I could hear you the whole time. So the, the side hilling is, um, devastating to a lot of hunters that haven't experienced it before. And, kind of the same thing it's like if you don't if you don't train for this type of stuff either in the gym or on the mountain um it can really have some impacts in the field so we do a lot of like ankle mobility uh, work in the gym so that the athletes used to that side hill when they get out there nice awesome um i want to transition like on the mountain a little bit and talk about injuries that can happen and like i think probably pulling muscles cramps um i get shin splints um are there any like stretches to do that you do like on the mountain around camp or whatever just to help you out in the backcountry yeah so i have i have not done a lot of like in the field stretching um most of most of my um, experience and strategy has been about handling a lot of that stuff before you get out into the field. And then I think um, one of the best things you can do in the field, obviously, is just stay hydrated um, to handle like a lot of the like the cramps and the issues. Mm -hmm. We certainly have some some athletes now that are stretching um, 
in the field. And I think that like just even a little bit can go a long ways and it is pretty powerful if you can have uh, the discipline to do it for sure. Nice. So you, you direct, I mean, like quad stretches, just like the basic, the basic yeah. stretches, just keep up on that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. The basics, I think like, right. When you get out of your tent in the morning can be huge. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So you talked about water a little bit. What minimum, um, water requirements do you guys recommend? Like per let's do like a per regular day and then a mountain day. Yeah. So I think like, um, you know, in the gym training and then working in town, you know, every individual is going to be different depending on their environment and then their workout schedule. And then also, of course, athletes are going to have different requirements based on like if they have an office job or if they're working outside. Um, but hydration is definitely a significant factor. So like we even see, we'll see some major issues in the, in the local gym. So the local Bozeman gym is our HQ. So we call our HQ the lab. And so the lab is where we do all of our testing. So anything that goes online, we are gonna test in the lab first on all of our Bozeman athletes, which is pretty cool because it gives us this lens into about a hundred dedicated mountain athletes that come through here every day. And so we have, we have males and we have females, we have younger athletes, we have older athletes, and we have like diehard backcountry hunters, diehard backcountry skiers. So we really get to see kind of um, what's working and what's not. So we went definitely through uh, this season where we spent a lot of time working on all of our locals just on hydration during the week when they're not hunting. And so we would like just start with the basics in terms of like the classic old school, like eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day. And because um, we just wanted to get that baseline up. So. Mm -hmm. That is like the simplest old school methodology of like the eight by eight. And we knew, we knew going into that, that our athletes needed more water than that. But the cool thing was that it just got people to start thinking about it, that, oh, actually this whole water situation is important. And if I can just focus on the eight by eight, uh, I'll be ahead of the game when you really start breaking down the science of each athlete, typically they needed more water than that. Um, and they usually needed more water than that because of the workouts they were doing. And then also if the athlete was like working outdoors. So if you had a mountain tough athlete that was making it in here every day and they were also leaving here and going to work a construction job outside then it's like a 12 by 8 but at least we got them to that 8 by 8 baseline one of the amazing things was how the like injury rates go way down on the local mountain tough testing when the like the 8 by 8 happens and it's not uh like major injuries it's the 
like I'm really tight here. Um, I kind of pulled something here type stuff that you would hear on dehydrated athletes uh, that just goes away. So that discipline around drinking water in your training is is pretty amazing. It's like a really simple way to just feel better all the time. Um, what we've seen that's pretty cool this summer in terms of just athletes being aware of this is, so like the summer season kicked in in Bozeman. And so the like wedding and barbecue season kicked in and everyone's alcohol intake went up mm -hmm. quite a bit. So a lot of our athletes were drinking like more beer than they normally would have been. And everyone um, gets really dehydrate, dehydrated, whether they are aware of it or not. So like on 4th of July weekend, for example, if you watch all the athletes on the Monday and Tuesday after 4th of July weekend, even though they might um, not be like hung over, what happened is like they drank a few extra beers on Friday, a few extra beers on Saturday. And because it was 4th of July weekend, they drank a few extra beers on Sunday. And they have some real um, like subtle issues to deal with that week because of dehydration, just because they're not aware of like how much alcohol can affect them being dehydrated. So we've been like spending, we've been spending a lot of time educating the locals through that. And it's been cool just because it's like, it's a really tangible, practical, easy way to be a better athlete by just drinking more water. And so the same thing applies on the mountain, of course, the mountain um, will dehydrate you fast, depending on the heat, how much you're sweating. And then you can become extremely dehydrated on these really cold weather, late season hunts as well. Um, so the actual ounces is always a hard one for me to recommend on the mountain, just because in my experience, the reality of you always having access to that much water is very difficult. So I've been on, you know, plenty of hunts where you just can't find that much water and don't have access to that much water. And you're going to kind of have to navigate your way through that. Um, but if you're doing like eight by eight in town, that means you're going to need probably like a hundred or 120 ounces on the mountain per day or like two or three liters. Um, but in reality, that's not always gonna be a perfect option. So that's one of the reasons I love like the, the if you can shift your brain to the thought of, I'm gonna go to the mountain in the most physically and mentally fit arena of my life, then a lot of these smaller issues aren't gonna come up because if I go on an extreme backcountry hunt out of shape and not really mentally prepared for it, then all of these factors have a much larger effect. Um, but if you go into the mountain in great physical condition, then your body's not uh, looking, you're not looking for as much water. You're not looking for quite as much food because you're at, we always call it suboptimal. So if you if you're gonna fly like to alaska and go on a 10-day mountain goat hunt we want you to do that hunt at suboptimal 
fitness level. And so the analogy we always use is if like, if I'm going to go on a road race against Jimmy, so if Jimmy and I are going to go out and race a 5k, um, there could be the possibility that we finish at the exact same time. So let's say that um, I run a 20 minute 5k and Jimmy runs a 20 minute 5k. If Jimmy runs that 20 minute 5k at red line. So if he, if he ran it at max heart rate, it took everything he could to get 20 minutes. And I ran my 20 minutes at 75%. Um, I'm in much better I'm in much better shape to do that again the next day and the next day and the next day where Jimmy is not going to want to do that the next day. And Jimmy also consumed, he also burned way more calories and way more water than I did to run that same time. So on the mountain, it works exactly the same way. If you can be performing really well suboptimally by being in the best physical shape going into it, then you're going to feel much better day after day after day. So a lot of the science around feeling good on the mountain happens by preparing for a long time to be ready for that trip. All right, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this episode with Dustin. I just wanted to hop in here real quick. Thank our sponsor, Onyx Hunt Maps. If you have not downloaded your maps for the fall yet, you need to get on that make sure Everything is downloaded before you go into the field, so you can use it all in offline mode. Um, if you have not tried Onyx Maps yet, get on there, download their app, play around on it a little bit on the free version. You're not going to be able to access all the cool things that it can do, but you'll be able to do a little bit. Um, so get on there and check it out. And then when you are ready to purchase, go to onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt and type in code ROCKCAST at checkout to receive 20% off on us. And that's for either membership. So you can either get um, the elite, which is all 50 states, or you can just get like a regular membership for the state that you want to that you want to be in. But it's an absolute great uh, mapping service. And we're just heading out on a scouting trip now. So my maps are currently downloading. Um, but yeah, go check that out and hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Absolutely. Um, the water thing is like for reals. Um, I drove yeah. back. I had like a, I don't know, a 14 hour drive the other day, drank more caffeine than water probably. And then we, yeah. we went in and we're trying to scout for mule deer the very next day. And, um, yeah, we got up there and it was just like, I was overheating really fast and just like, what the hell is wrong with me type of thing. Like it yeah. had to have been because I didn't drink enough water the the day before. And I don't know yeah. what it is. Like I'm not that old of a person, but it seems like as I get older, that stuff affects me way more. Yeah, for sure. I think as you get older, it has, it's just, you feel it faster. You, you feel the effects um, more. It's just, everything becomes like more critical. Yeah. Interesting, dude. And then along with the water, can you talk about electrolytes real quick? Maybe if you have a couple you recommend. Yeah. So I'm actually a pretty big uh, believer in electrolytes. I think they're kind of um, a game changer. And so I'm a big fan of electrolytes in town and also on the mountain. And so we, in the gym, I think the 
you know, the whole like supplement industry is a big thing and talked about all the time. And in my, you know, like in my fitness background, just working out since I was younger, I've seen a lot of supplements come and go. And with Mountain Tough's background, we get a lot of questions around supplements. And, you know, for a long time, I was never comfortable recommending anything that I hadn't tried and used myself. And mm-hmm. so there's like um, all of the, the pre-workouts and I was never comfortable recommending anything there just because the um, the science really wasn't out there. Like, are these things actually good for me or not? And so I couldn't recommend it to anyone else. And like, as I've matured, as an athlete it has gotten fairly simple for me in terms of like eating really good high quality food solves a lot of the supplement problems so you don't have to take anything um supplementing additional protein is helpful if you can't get the clean food and then i think the electrolytes is just something that i feel really really good about because i've actually felt how you can you can do a nasty workout have an electrolyte supplement and i can black and white notice the difference between being less sore um, or more sore and so the same thing you know happens on the mountain where you can just feel better on the mountain and so i would highly highly recommend um so our electrolytes in the gym and on the mountain i think the science behind it is fairly simple in terms of all you're doing is managing your body's ph balance and so if i drink if i drink a ton of water then my ph balance goes down in my body where i need a little bit more salt essentially so that my body can utilize that water and in the ultra marathon community, you'll see, you'll see some people go to the hospital for two reasons, like on a hundred miler race at the aid stations, you'll see people get pulled out. And one reason is because they drank way too much water and no electrolytes. And so their body, even though they were staying extremely hydrated because they didn't have electrolytes, their body wouldn't utilize that water. You'll see the same thing at a hundred miler where someone will drink Gatorade all day and no water, and now their pH balance is skewed the wrong way. So I think um, taking electrolytes, long story, is super helpful if you can manage that balance and not skew it one way or the other. And um, I don't have any you know name brands that are that are better for me than the others. I just think it's an important thing to keep an eye on. Awesome. Yeah. That I think that's a really important thing to know also is you can have too much. Like you can go too far with it. Yeah. Yeah. If that's all you're drinking, um, it'll have some ramifications. Gotcha. Interesting. It's really good to know. Um, so along with not really, they're not supplements, but like daily vitamins and like fish oil pills. And you see like, some companies have the, you know, they have packets of like, um, what would it be? Probiotic fish oil pills and multivitamins. What do you think about like that combo? 
Um, I think that, I think generally speaking, it's always better just to focus on your diet. So I think uh, supplementation is, I think only helpful when you're having problems eating enough clean, healthy food without supplements. But big picture, I think the best thing that all our athletes can do is just focused on like a clean, well-balanced diet. Um, and then the, like the supplements just don't become as important. Gotcha. Gotcha. It totally makes sense. Um, let's see. What is a, just a basic day of backcountry eating for you? Just kind of a quick rundown. Yeah. So basic for me is, um, we spent a lot of time in like 2017, 2018, uh, around, uh, analyzing backcountry calories and backcountry calories, uh, was a game changer for me. And so, um, I'm a Montana kid, grew up, uh, elk hunting with my dad and back in the early days, it was so funny thinking about it now, but in the early days of like my hunting experience, like a day hunt with my dad growing up was like you grabbed a couple Snickers bars and a Coke and you threw it in your pack mm -hmm. and you went out. And then as my dad and I started going on like extended seven day trips back then, it was also extremely funny. It was, you would throw like seven ramen noodle packages in your pack and go out for like four days and it was like cheap and easy and light. And then as I started paying attention to what was actually going on, not having enough calories is like the number two reason for athletes bonking on the mountain. So most backcountry hunters are going to experience a really major bonk on the mountain where their body essentially starts shutting down because of a lack of calories. So the bonk is like the fog where you just don't feel like moving. You don't have any energy. Um, mentally you start wondering why you're even out there. Usually that is a derivative of not having enough calories. So we spent a bunch of time, um, analyzing the actual calorie needs of a backcountry hunter. And it is crazy, crazy high. So, um, like my backcountry needs on like a standard Montana elk hunt to feel the best on the mountain is like around 4,000 calories a day. And so I had to get super creative on making that happen because making that happen makes your pack extremely heavy, which most backcountry hunters don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to find really uh, high calorie per weight ratio foods. And so um, my standard day in the back country is revolves around uh, a ton of like honey stingers. So honey stingers are uh, on like the top three of calorie. So calories per ounce, they're on the top of the list. And so one of the reasons that I eat those all day long when I'm backcountry hunting is I'm trying to get up in that three, 4,000 calorie range. And there's something that's light and easy to eat on the move. 
So I always like stuff that I don't have to like sit down and prepare where I can just keep moving. So I do a lot of honey stingers as kind of my go-to snack all day long because they're high calorie, low weight. And then also to get that many calories in the back country, you, you can't really rely on like a breakfast, lunch or dinner model. So you have to rely more on like an eat every hour model. And so that's another reason I like the honey stingers is I can just make sure like if I'm at least eating one per hour, just in the honey stingers alone for the day, I'll be at like 1200 calories. Um, I, I very rarely eat breakfast in the back country because it's usually like wake up, it's time to move. So I'll usually wake up, do coffee, and then it's time to move. Uh, so for breakfast, it's usually a really high calorie bar. Um, so like a bar like the Big Sur bar that's out now is an incredibly high calorie bar. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Big Sur, I think is like six or 700 calories, maybe more than that, maybe close to a thousand. Um, which is funny because, you know, we used to wake up and eat like a granola bar and think that that was fine. Enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that I know more, like some of those just basic classic granola bars are like 80 calories. Um, you know, like a cliff bar is like 240 calories. So you have to start to really pay attention to what's in these things to make sure that you're getting enough cows and then we always do kind of like the late night um, mountain house type setup in the tent. And um, that's where you're going to get like your big calorie load for the day. Um, for me, I've kind of tried all of the dehydrated meals out there. Um, I certainly like some better than others, but now lately, I'm kind of just looking for the highest calorie count I can find. And then um, probably the, the most recent game changer for me is throughout the day and at night, the one thing that we found all of our athletes were missing in the back country was fat. So if you think about granola bars and um, uh, mountain house type dehydrated meals, uh, the most of all of those formulations are really, really lacking fat and fat is what your body is looking to burn after it burns your glucose. So like a honey stinger is all glucose. So that keeps you moving. Um, but over the long haul sustained energy comes from fat. And so you'll see this create a lot of problems on like day four, five, and six of a backcountry hunt when an athlete runs out of fat to burn and then they'll start to bonk. So I add, uh, in the last couple of years, I add a lot of fat into my backcountry diet. So I'll add coconut oil to my coffee and my dehydrated meal. And then I bring like a really high fat Italian salami with me. Um, the salami I love because it's high fat. And then you start to crave some actual real food mm -hmm. when you're out there. And after you, you've eaten like 70 honey stingers, like some <laughs> salami is really long. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Dude, sweet. That's, 
I think everybody's starting to really transition to that high fat. Yeah. That high fat diet. It seems like a lot of the lists and stuff I've been listening to and then like other nutrition podcast type things they're talking, they're always talking about high fat. Yeah. Yeah. It really caught on even in like the ultra marathoning community, everyone that's running these hundred mile races. And now, now the trend um, in the last two years is there's a lot of 250 mile races through the mountains and you'll see so much like used to never see fat and now you see fat um, recommended and on the trail everywhere and I think it's because everyone realized that like glucose is your short-term energy supply and fat is your long-term energy supply and it's so it, it is a game changer on especially extended day hunts mm-hmm. yeah somebody told me a diesel mode fat yeah. is like diesel mode <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh, oh dude That's is awesome. there um anything coming down the pipe for mountain tough we should be watching for um i think things that are coming down the pipe that that we're super excited about is um so our you know our big picture vision and our mission that we're focused on every day is really taking care of our athletes mentally spiritually and physically and so some of the stuff that we're extremely excited about is um more like mindset and mental toughness training inside of our system and so i think that that stuff is going to be super cool because i think going into the backcountry physically ready is just as important as being mentally ready and just your ability to handle adversity and and how you can train for that before you run into that um i'm really excited about so you'll definitely see some more mindset training coming down the pipeline and then you'll definitely see uh, a second heavy pack workout program coming down the pipe so one of the awesome things about um 4570 was just realizing that hunters love working out with their pack and sandbags in their house or in their garage. So we have like some heavy pack 2.0 stuff coming down the pipe, um, which is going to be awesome because I think that is one of my favorites. So just seeing um, another round of that will be super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Before I forget, um, we were just talking about calories and how important they are. And you guys built a backcountry um, calculator and it's free, I yeah. think off your website, right? I can link to it down in the, in the notes. Awesome. Yeah. On mountaintough.com, there is a free backcountry cal- calculator. So it'll talk a little bit about the science and then it helps you figure out your calorie needs. And then it calculates that across how many days you're going to be out. So that's a sweet tool to use when you're starting trip planning. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I will, I'll link to that in the show notes for sure. Um, but cool, man. Is there any, do you, are you guys running any deals right now that people that are listening to this could get involved in your program? Um, yeah. So uh, right now, one of our sales on 3032.0 just expired, but the, um, the best way to get started is we could probably 
just link a discount code to the show so I could do one for all the rock cast listeners and we could um, throw that up if that works for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That works perfect for me. Cool. I can, I can link it in. People can get started. It's really nice. Um, I've been using the, especially like we've been moving and um, we canceled the gym membership and started doing our own home gym type of situation. So I've been using like the 3030 program quite a bit. And I'm three weeks, I think, away from going to Alaska on a doll sheep hunt. So it's time to wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But yeah, I've been using your guys' program quite a lot and getting ready for that. Doll sheep. Brooks Range. Yep. Dang, cool. That's gonna be Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Get to carry a rifle instead of a camera this time. (laughs) Who are you going with? Um, the outfitters, Tyrell's trails, Luke Tyrell is the guy's name. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So yeah. Well, thanks Dustin a ton for hopping on and, uh, everybody needs to go check out Mountain Tough. Thanks Jordan. Yeah. If you need anything and just let me know. And this has been awesome. <laughs>